Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you ever remember Paul Harvey? You all remember Paul Harvey, broadcaster, and he'd come to, he'd tell you the story, and then he'd go. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. Let me tell you the rest of the story. Trey starts, he doesn't finish. That money was not a loan. That car's paid off. It was provided in a matter of just a few hours. Right out of the but God. Turn to your neighbor, just tell I love it when God butts in. <laughs> Just say this out loud. I love it when God puts in. Now you understand the songs that we're singing. You understand where, God, if you say don't go, I won't go. If you say jump in, I'm jumping in. Lord, we're going to stay until you move. Tear off the roof, let me down. Get me in front of you. Glory to God. (laughs) And that's... You think that's just for Trey and Nita? Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Yes, Lord. God is fulfilling. It's only in our dreams. My, 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 our dreams. Things that, that decades. Decades. With no debt. No debt. All I'm saying to you is, you're at the right place at the right time. Now get the right ears and get the right heart. You don't want to ever miss any of this. This is the church's, I've been saying this for, for a few years now. This is the church's serendipity. Because you're having to quit trusting everything else but God. Okay? The church's faith has been so puny. Puny. Pea brain. Because you think faith comes out of your head. It doesn't come out of your head. It comes out of your heart. And faith comes to you by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing hearing by the Word of God. Not 
social opinion after social opinion after social opinion after social opinion. Get your nose in the Bible. And if you are going to respond to social media, respond with the Word of God. Amen? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. It's hard not to sing. But I got to reserve it for later, Richard. Glory to God. If this is your first time here, if you're viewing by live stream, we would say thank you for showing up, being here. If you're here in the auditorium, we, we have a special gift for you in the, in the lobby out there. And uh, they'll be glad, the hosts will be glad to assist you. We want you to know we value you here. You that are viewing by live stream, we value that you're listening. And we trust one day we'll be able to see you in person. But if you're searching today, today, your search is over. Your search is over. Your search is over. Glory to God. Amen. Mm -mm -mm. I got a couple of announcements I got to take care of. And then I'm going to, we're going to recognize here in just a minute, Memorial Weekend. And we ain't putting a picture of a hot dog. <laughs> Glory to God, all right? <laughs> but you need to make note of this. On June the 10th, 9 to 10 o'clock, we're going to have a men's gathering. Men, men, young men, middle-aged men, older men. I classify myself as the young men. We're going to have a kind of, you know, we're going to have a breakfast and fellowship. And then uh, 10 o'clock, we're going to have a worship time Men need to become leaders as we were called to be. There's gender war going on now. It's pathetic. Never mind. I won't get into that now. There is a $15 charge, so I'd like for you to register. You can, I believe we got it set up, you can do it online. Here again, there'll be someone in... Uh, the host area to help you with that. We'd like to register so we know how to prepare. Then I want to make note. Of course, we had June the 17th. I know you're standing. I stand the whole service, so just... Glory to God. Some of you need to thank God you're able to stand. On June the 17th is Father's Day, of course, and we went on other fathers. 18th, sorry. The 20th... Fifth, you make sure you do not miss this. I don't care if you have to cancel your plans. Now I want you to listen very carefully to me. We're having a special guest, never been here before. This man has been in the ministry, I don't know, 50 years, maybe longer. He was one of our instructors when Zona and I went to Bible school. And I've always knew that he should be here. Pastor Bob Nichols is going to be with us Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. And Sunday night at 7 o'clock. 
I want you to make note to be here. He is very much in the terms of a revivalist. He's the one that God used to help get Rodney Howard Brown on the map here in the United States. So I want to encourage you to be here, bring someone with you that needs deliverance, healing, salvation. All right? You do not want to miss this. I don't know if we'll be able to have him again. But he's going to be with us. And I don't want you to miss it. Okay? That's June the 25th. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Glory to God. Now you may be seated. We're going to dismiss our youth at this moment. Our 180. And they're going to go break out into their small groups. Thank God for our 180. I appreciate them a whole bunch. Amen. Right now we want to take just a moment and we're going to remember what Memorial Weekend is all about. How do we say thank you to those who gave everything? How do we honor the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom? We say thank you by remembering. Today, we honor our heroes. Lives given not in vain, but with purpose. We stand grateful for their courage, their strength, and their resolve. For the fabric of America is stitched together by the thread of the brave. Today, we remember, and we will never forget. I believe that Jesus has a special place in his heart. For those that sacrifice. While I was contemplating this and praying over it, the Lord reminded me of a verse of scripture found in the book of Hebrews. And you can read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you can read where we call this the hall of fame of faith. Where God shows what faith, his faith can do and will do when operated in the hearts and lives of people. And at the end of it, he talks about, of course, he talks about Abraham. He talks about Abel. He talks about all of the great patriarchs of faith. Then he gets to some verses of Scripture mentioned in uh, verse 35. And he says, Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. Listen to these phrases. Others were tortured, not accepting, not Listen to that phrase, not accepting deliverance. 
They could have been delivered. But they did not accept it. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Now I, I, I can't tell you what all that means. But I can tell you this. God ex expects us to lay down our lives daily. We don't want to talk about this. But I, I'm telling you. If you'll, if you'll lay down your life. Your self life. On a day, that's why he said, "Present your bodies a living sacrifice." I noticed that phrase, "living sacrifice," living sacrifice, not a dead one. Sometimes it's easier to die once than to live every day dying daily. Listen to this. Jump down here to thirty-eight. Of whom the world was not worthy. They weren't worthy of this. Go to verse number 39. And all these, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't have the promise manifested in their lives, but they obtained a good report. What we're seeing here at Memorial Weekend that these people that say that gave up their lives, they did it by faith. Just the same way that Jesus looked and for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's why I say he's got a special place. They got a special place in his heart. They, by faith, laid down their life, not seeing or manifest, having manifested the promises of freedom. Are you following? Now, Americans need to grasp what this means. But here's the part that I want you to see. God having provided something better for us, how did he provide it? For someone who was willing to take their life by faith and lay it down. How did they do it? For the joy that was set before them. You know who they was thinking about? They weren't thinking about themselves. They was thinking about maybe their children, grandchildren, their brothers, their sisters. They were thinking about future generations. Okay? And they were willing to do that. They're obtaining a better resurrection. Now watch the last part. That they, without us, should not be made perfect. What does that phrase mean? That phrase means that they, without, that they making the sacrifice without us, who received the manifestation of that sacrifice could not be complete. In other words, their sacrifice was useless if someone didn't reap the benefit. Are you following what I'm just saying to you? So when you go out tomorrow and you have your hot dog in the backyard, they did it foreseeing you having a good time with your family in the backyard. At the coast, fishing. It's worthy to take this moment. I'm not, hey, I'm not preaching yet. 
I'm just telling you that you and I need to understand when you get to enjoy that day, their sacrifice wasn't complete until you enjoyed that moment. Now, the same thing is true about future generations for the way we live here right now. Okay? We don't understand in this generation the sacrifice of that generation. Particularly, we call it the great generation, World War II. They understood sacrifice because everybody at home was sacrificing at the same time. Listen carefully. But we're about to step into it. You'll never know the thrill of victory until you know the agony of war. You say, we're going to war, Pastor. You're already in one. I'm not talking about one with guns. I'm talking about we're in a cultural war right now, the body of Christ. Okay? You and I can make the difference. We can tip the scale. So don't underestimate, don't underestimate your gift and your calling in the advancement of the kingdom of God to this generation. Church is not just about what you need. That went really big. It's about what God wants to use you to do. With that in mind, you need to grasp the attitude of those that sacrificed. Then your life has meaning. Until you do so, you're going to wonder aimlessly. That's why people jump from church to church, from marriage to marriage, from job to job. And found a purpose. That's why people run from dr- to one drug to another drug. Another flavor of beer from Budweiser to something else. <laughs> That's a joke. You shouldn't be doing any of that. But here's the point. They're wondering, confused, not knowing what's going on, and their life has no meaning. The only thing that brings meaning is to understand that God planned and purposed you. God planned and purposed you. Your life isn't worth living until you find out who planned you and who purposed you. And then follow his plan and his purpose. Now we're getting into preaching. This whole month we've talked about Jehovah Jireh. We're going to conclude that teaching for right now. I want you to make note that every time we meet, whether it be on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, or Thursday morning, every time we meet, God has a layer of faith that He wants to instill inside you. Because He, listen carefully, He wants to prepare you for what's coming. Now that could be good or bad. Trey and Nita could have missed the whole thing that, with that testimony. Could have missed it. How many times have we missed miracles in our lives? 
that we needed. And you say, God, where were you? Well, I'm still over there at the place that I told you to be. You haven't got there yet. It's called obedience. Let me just give this to you. This is worth repeating, and I'll give you some verses because I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you today. Kind of like, like a father or a grandpa. Most of y'all looking at me like a grandpa, but <laughs> I am one of those, and one of, these, one of these days I'll be great. I'm working on it. Y'all missed that. But Pastor Zona talked uh, Thursday about taking courage. Take courage. Take courage. Everybody say, take it. I'm just going to give you just a, a few notes that I wrote down. You need to go back on Thursday morning. And thank God we're able, you know, we're able to put that up there free. Used to, you had to buy the CDs to get this. Before that, it was cassette tapes. Now it's available to you at free will. It's amazing to me how many people don't take advantage of that. But anyway, those are all, they go to the other church that I ain't pastoring. Okay. Jesus, I mean, uh, Pastor Zona said, take it. When you take it from God by faith. Faith is a means by taking. When you take courage. Take it away from the devil by force. The devil wants to steal your courage. Take it away from the devil by force. Faith is, I've heard pastors only use this many times, faith is a force, but you can't force faith. You can't, you can't be listening to the world, the flesh, and the devil all week long, and then when faith is demanded to show up and force faith. It's kind of like this. You cannot be eating all the wrong stuff all, uh, you know, all week long, and then on Sundays you eat your greens. And then expect to be worth anything when your body needs stamina. You understand? You need some beans that stick to your ribs. Are you following? It also relieves some of that stuff on the inside of you. <laughs> Y'all missed that. No, you didn't. You got it. Now listen to this. If you eat the wrong stuff, you're going to wind up murmuring and complaining. Murmuring will not allow you to seize courage. It will not allow... If you get into habitual behavior of murmuring, griping, and complaining, you cannot seize courage. Okay? So what you have to do is bring a little discipline, di discipline to your life. Now I know people don't like to hear the word discipline. But I want to tell you, you better have some discipline. You better have some skill developed when you get into a battle. You better have some skill on how to pray. And I don't mean quoting our Father which art in heaven. I don't mean become religious with it. I mean that you're going to practice that song. I ain't leaving here until you move because I want to be in the room. 
Most people don't even know what it means to tarry. That means to stay. Stay. Because what's coming against you, government can't deliver you. Government is the problem. Listen to this. Are you, I want you to pay attention right here. It ain't over until God says it's over. But if you don't know how to hang on to the Word of God, when your feelings and the circumstances are going in opposite directions of what God promised, you're going to miss your miracle. Staying courageous in the day of adversity. Stay courageous in the day of adversity. There is a verse of scripture that says it's like this. I'm paraphrasing. You can look it up. You need to do a little homework yourself instead of me doing it all. You say, Pastor Ronnie, you sound like a drill sergeant. This is Memorial Day. <laughs> you must be strong. If you quit in the day of adversity... Your strength is weak. Now as a pastor, I'm telling you right now, as a pastor, I have seen this many times over. Many times. God would give an answer to somebody, but they wouldn't stay with it long enough to do it. Because they thought it was just, emo they felt the emotional hype. This is deeper than emotions. Deeper. I'm sure that all those brave men and women, when they joined the armed forces, did not think about sacrificing their life. They knew it was a possibility, but they didn't think about it. They were, thought up with, they were caught up with all the honor and the dignity. Now here's the key. I am, this, is, this is all pastors on a sermon. I haven't got to mine yet. <laughs> Showing cheer, cheer is how you take courage. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if you've got adversity in your life, Jesus said, be a good cheer. Do you know that there is a place in the Bible that says that the children of Israel, God told them to be of good cheer, but they got to weeping and mourning about the past and about the circumstances that the Bible says they took and all their harps and hung them on the willow tree. They wasn't going to show any signs of cheer. So they took their harps, their instruments, and hung them on the willow tree. That's why you hear that phrase, they hung their harps on the willow tree. Being of good cheer is how you take courage. You cannot be entwined with the Lord and be discouraged. Now, you ever heard this verse, Isaiah 40? Where he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll take courage. 
That word wait doesn't mean sit on your hands. That's not what it means. The word wait means to become intertwined. Intertwined. Like a rope. A rope is a bunch of strands that are intertwined. That's what gives it its, its strength. So when you fellowship, worship God in the, listen carefully, in adverse circumstances and you joy in the Lord, guess what happens? You're becoming intertwined with His strength. A source of strength that never is depleted. Never. Never. Do you know that the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength? Another place it says leap for joy. Leap for joy. It didn't say leap because you had it. It says leap for it. Some of you, even if you're a little bit older, need to get enough physical stamina so you can skip. Just do some skipping. One time I said this, I think it was on a, I don't want, Sunday morning one, one time. I said, leave for joy. And I had a pair of boots on like I do now. That were, you know, slick leather soles. Everybody was, you know, kind of, leave for joy. Oh, dear God. And so I jumped up when I did to be the first. You know, I'm the leader. My feet hit the carpet, and they went that way, and my bottom went another way, and my face was laughing. If I did nothing else, I made a spectacle of myself so everybody else could get happy. Look at what foolish pastor did. Some of y'all need that, I can tell right now. I ain't doing it. Because when I say leap for joy, that's going to be all of us. All right. Stay with this. I, I'm, I'm setting you up to where I'm going to go because where I'm going to go today, I'm not going to do a lot of reading of Scripture, but I'm, I'm going over some things that were said by the Holy Ghost. One of the reasons they conquered Jericho, the children of Israel, is they had to keep their mouth shut. They walked around the whole city for six days and couldn't say a word. The whole time, Jericho's cheering at them, mocking them. But they had to keep their mouth shut. They had thick walls I mean they were thick on the seventh day God says you're going to walk around it seven times and when you hear the sound of the trumpet this is what I want you to do I want you to shout ain't nothing changed in seven days we hear the same cheering the same mocking and you've got to keep your mouth shut. Don't you open your mouth until you hear the trumpet start to play. 
When you hear the trumpet start to play, I want you to let out a shout. It wasn't a shout of desperation. It was a shout of victory, a shout of joy. When they did that, the Bible says God showed up and the walls fell flat. Now the walls were thick. When the Bible says they fell flat, they fell flat so they could walk right straight across from wherever they were at and possess the city. One of the greatest things the devil wants to do is steal your joy through a set of circumstances or through a set, listen carefully, or being too tired, too confused, too doubtful. He wants to steal your joy because if he can steal your joy, he steals your strength. Are you following that? Now listen carefully. She made this statement. Denial of the situation is not faith. And delay is not denial of the victory. So if there's a little delay, like seven days, putting yourself out there for mockery, that's not God denying. That's the devil showing how stupid he is to even think he can come up against God. And so God will let him just absolutely be prideful and boastful, just kind of like what's going on in our society right now. But the seventh day is going to show up and the trumpet is going to blow. In the meantime, you don't lose your courage. You take it. Now, that's the setup for where I want to go. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh really means God will provide, but it's not just God will provide. It means God will see to it. God will see to it. And the only way to get the best picture of this is go to Genesis chapter 22. We started off with that. Uh, I believe it was on a Wednesday night, May the 4th or something like that. Go back there and listen to it. Because if you rightly discern that, rightly understand that, then you're going to understand what Jehovah Jireh means. This is the first time that God reveals to humanity that the Lord, the word Jehovah, the Lord, it, uh, is Jireh. Jireh means he will see to it or will provide. God tells, Mo, uh, tells Abraham, you take Isaac, your promised son, and take him up there to Mount Moriah and you offer him as a sacrifice. Now God had this plan for a long time. So he goes up there and he offers, going to offer him as a sacrifice because Abraham believed that God was able to raise him from the dead. That, you're, talking about big, you're talking about big faith that Trey was talking about how puny ours is. This literally happened, folks. He goes up there and he's going to offer him just about the time that he takes the knife back to offer him as a sacrifice. Isaac knew it, by the way. Isaac knew what was going on. He had to be a participant. 
And he start, I heard, we read one place where Isaac said, this wasn't in the Bible, but it was a commentary, or where I, uh, Isaac said, and Father, when you tie me with the ropes, tie them tight. He's kind of like, I got to get my flesh under control. Do you know that's exactly what Jesus did? He told the Father, tie me tight. I'm paraphrasing this, of course. He goes to bring the knife back, and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord spoke, and God said to him, Do thy son no harm, for now I know, I know that you believe me. And he turned, and he heard a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. He said, There's your sacrifice. God's not looking for sacrifice from humanity. God himself is the sacrifice. Are you following me? I'm leading somewhere. I'm not just telling. I'm I'm leading somewhere where this applies to you. And he offers that ram as a sacrifice. He had already told Isaac on the way up there. Isaac said, here's the fire. Here's the wood that I'm carrying. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham prophesied and made a statement. God will provide himself a sacrifice. This is where this word Jehovah, when you begin to understand this is the nature and character of God. The Lord will provide himself the sacrifice. And he will see to it that you have your need met. Because he himself is going to be the meter, mediator of your need being met. He's going to oversee it. He's going to oversee it. Mm, mm, mm. Just, it stirs me up all over again. God sees to it. God does, this this phrase, God will provide, does not just mean God will give the goods. It does mean that, but more than that, it means God God will see, God will, excuse me, God sees and He will experience all of this In my need. God, God is going to experience it with you is my point. You know you get to writing so fast you can't read your writing? Okay. All right. Sometimes when God speaks I say slow down just a minute please. God will see and you will experience it. But he's going to experience it with you. That's the whole point people don't get. We want God to do something for us but God says you don't understand. I want to experience it with you. I want to do it with you. Okay? And he'll make provision for it. Understand the word provision. 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 God's the great provider. But he's going to provide himself... And he's going to be right there with you to experience it with you. 
Because why? He's going to watch over it and see to it that it's done. If he was to leave you on your own, you'd start off and then quit. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you be honest today? Lie or die? I mean, lie, die. Okay, don't lie. Okay. How many of you ever started something you didn't finish? You didn't raise your hand. You, for, you, did, you, didn't, get, you didn't listen. You didn't even start. Okay. Now, now pay attention to this. When God starts, His nature and character, who He is, already means it's finished. He cannot start and quit. He cannot start and give up. When He starts, He finishes. That's why, there, why we see there's hope for you. He started working on you, and he ain't going to quit until you're finished. That's why Zona stuck with me. She knew God. (laughs) She knew God. All right. You still with me? I mean, are you getting something out of this? He is provision. He is not division. So God's got a vision for you. You were in the heart and mind of God before your consciousness. Your parents didn't plan you. God did. He just allowed your parents to participate. Even if they got the cart before the horse. You understand what I mean? If they got out a proper... Alignment, God still foresaw you. God has a vision for you. A vision. That means He planned and He purposed you. And He is not division. That's the devil's work, is trying to divide you from the plan and the purpose of God for your life. That's the devil's work. He's trying to divorce you from God. He is provision. Everybody say pro. pro. Vision. God is provision. So his plans and his purpose, wherever he sends you, whatever he wants done in your life, he has already made provision for you. To have that fulfilled in your life. Already has it. It was marked off from the foundation of the world before you were conscious of even being here. That means he's provided, for all you singles, he's provided your mate. But you got to be in the right place to find him. Oh, I'm going to get a blessed offering for this one. You cannot find a godly mate at the wrong place. Can't be done. 
Because people that, if you go to the place where it's just full of flesh, then they're going to do everything they can to help you to do what they're doing. Yield to the flesh. And your flesh, my flesh, all human flesh that's fallen nature is hostile to the plan of God for your life. It's hostile. I love you. I love y'all, every single one of you. Because you're able to take grandpa. Now listen very carefully. This is God's take on your need. I will provide myself to intervene on your behalf. And I am going to walk it through with you and see to it that it's done. Let me put it another way very simply. When God looks at you and he sees a need in your life, he takes it personally. It's personal to him. It's if, it's if someone attach, uh, attacked him when somebody attacks you. He takes it personally. Every need that you've got. That story about uh, the testimony that Trey mentioned about McKenzie needing a vehicle. She's over there being educated in the things of God and ministry. It's the plan of God. God's got for her life. Follow? And God took it personally. He intervened. Thank God Trey and Nita had enough brains to walk with God through it out. If not, they'd try to figure it out on their own head and been paying for it after the car, the, this second car's dead. You know, you know. Hallelujah. Are you following? God is not trying to get you to fulfill His promises. For us to do so is to take, uh, allow carnal human nature to exert itself over God and become our master. Are, are you following me? You say, well, Brother Ronnie, if God wants to take care of my needs, does that mean I got to work, don't work? Do you know the purpose of work? I don't think Christians know the purpose of work. The Bible says here in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 18. Let him that stole steal no more. Stop. Stop right here. You say, but Pastor Ronnie, I ain't been stealing. If you try to take, how many of you were born in the earth with anything? You, you got here having all you got right now, already born here. In other words, when you as a baby and you came out of your mother's womb, how many of you already have the clothes you got on? How many of you were diaper, uh, had diapers? You didn't even have diapers. How many of you were potty trained? How many of you had skill? How many of you knew anything? So you came in with nothing. Absolutely nothing. And guess how you're going to leave? 
Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can absolutely prepare a trailer behind the casket, but it ain't going. So anything that you have in your life of any material goods whatsoever, you didn't bring it into the earth. And when you leave, you ain't taking it with you. So what does that mean? That means the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God already provided everything you're ever going to need right here on earth. And it's already here. Alright? So, if you don't get it from God, ay, 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 Jesus, you sure you want me to say this? Then you get it. Let me rephrase. If you don't use your faith, then you're stealing it. Ephesians 4, 18, listen carefully what it says. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give. That he may have what? I know, I know. People are already in their mind, question mark. He's going to take up an offering. No, that's next week. That he, that he may have to give. And he may have to give. God designed you to live off your seed. Not the handout from the government. Because the government has to confiscate it from somebody else to give it to you. I said confiscate. Oh, Jesus, I already got myself in the middle of it. Man-made government will make you dependent on them as the source of your life. It's trying to do what the Tower of Babel did. It's called a Babylonian system. That's why God is for free enterprise. Everybody say free. free. The reason why our economy's in the shambles it in is because we don't really have true free enterprise. The government's always trying to intervene. The purpose of that is those that are in the government level want you to be dependent on government. And a system that is Babylonian based. Instead of making the Lord your provider. But this system is coming down. It's not going to replace Jehovah Jireh. Not going to do so. It's going to get good. It's going to get good. Just stay with me. I have to give you this. All of the promises of God, all of the promises of God, every promise in the Bible, are wrapped up in His nature 
and character revealed in his name that is above every name. Now listen to this. All the names that are used in reference to the God Almighty or God in the Bible, all those names are used to reveal the character of God and are concluded, listen carefully, in the name that's above every name. Jesus the Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Out of all the names, we we see God dealing with Abraham and he reveals Jehovah Jireh. We see in the book of Judges where God reveals to uh, uh, Gideon, Jehovah Nisi, which means God, the Lord God, is our banner. Jehovah Salom, God, Jesus is our peace. That's what it means. Well, when you take Jesus Christ, the name that's above every name, all the other names are wrapped up in that name. Because Jesus revealed it all throughout his life and sacrifice on the cross and resurrected life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So we study the names that God begins to reveal to man at specific moments and times throughout... uh, By the way, i got to make a correction here. I believe it was Moses that God used to show Jehovah Nissi. But you can look it up. Do your homework. Okay? Eat the hay, spit out the sticks. My point is... All of those names God revealed at a specific, because God is having to reveal to man God. And now, in, in Jesus, all of those are concluded. They're, in, they're, all, they're all wrapped up in that. Are you following? Okay. This, this is where we're going to get to where it applies to you and I. All of God's promises... Revealed the nature and character revealed in the very name of Jesus Christ. God provides for your eternal everlasting life. When we look at that, that God will provide. He's provided your eternal life. Eternal life begins not after you die. It begins the moment you make Jesus a Lord of your life. I have eternal life right now. I'm living eternal life right now. Follow? So when God provides, He's not only providing a life eternal, He also provides the plan for you on earth. His plans for you on earth. When He provides, He's providing your life on earth. Okay? Not, listen carefully, He's not providing your Plans, he's providing the plans. Does that make sense to you now? Because I want to show you how important this is. Getting down to brass tacks. He'll provide your spouse, 
if you will make him Lord of your life. I'm not going to ask you to respond outwardly with this, but you can marry the wrong person. Woo, man, that really went good. And some of you sent by, is this the wrong person I'm sent by? No, they got you here. Now, if you're already married, listen carefully. If you're already married, God can change people. It, that, what do you think? He makes you a new creation. Okay? New creation. He's a creator. He'll provide your children. I said, he'll provide your children. I know some of you saying, dear Jesus, is that your provision? <laughs> he'll provide your skills and talents. He'll provide your future. And he'll provide the preparation for whatever comes to you on earth. God's preparing you right now. He provides the vision of your life. Now listen carefully. Vision is what you see. Now there's eye vision, but there's heart vision. God wants to provide for you what He sees, not what you see. Because of what you see, you have belittled, underestimated, and even maybe kicked aside and thought of as useless. That's the way the world looks at babies that are being born. They'd rather protect an animal than protect Someone created in the image and likeness of God. Now you say, well, Brother Ronnie, what does that have to do with me? I'm already born. Listen, if they'll do that to someone that is innocent, how much more will they do that to someone who's already born? You follow me? The devil is the God of this system. And this system does not provide provision for the plans and purposes of God for your life. In fact, it's trying to divide you from that. If, if the devil can get you to depend on this system, you'll never fulfill the plans and purposes of God for your life because it is totally against Everything God is far. Getting real close, real close. Some of you think, dear God, is he ever going to finish? Yes, I'm going to finish when I'm through. God provides what he sees. What he sees for your life. That's why you need to be Born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
so that you can align your leadership from the one that was there in the beginning. When there was chaos, listen, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Verse 3, and the Spirit moved. The Spirit moved. The Holy Ghost moved. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God is saying to every born again believer and everyone in our generation, He says, I want to take this chaos and confusion out. But you got to yield to this moving of my Spirit. And let me speak to your heart. And let me give you what I see. God saw that Mackenzie was going to need this vehicle to fulfill what he sees for her. Guess what fallen human nature was trying to do, Trey? Get you to figure out how not to depend on God, but to depend on you. Do you know how many times we, I'm talking about the church, has produced what Abraham and Sarah did through Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael was always against Isaac, the promised son, until finally God says, you got to kick him out. He's talking to every one of us here. you got to kick the world, the flesh, and the devil out of your life. you got to kick him out. Quit babysitting him. We, we, and this is what we do. The church has become nothing more than sympathetic. Oh, you poor little thing, you. You poor little darling. You, I just, I've had people tell me that so many times. I, I tell my family, I just don't know how you do it. I just don't know how you. I'm going to tell you, the more you, flesh loves that. Yeah, I don't know how I'm making it. Dear God, there ain't no courage in that. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm the teeth mark on that bottom lip of yours right now. <laughs> oh, dear God, I don't, I don't know if I could go to church and preach today. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You got to be careful when you try to get people to agree with you in prayer. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Because fallen human nature, there's no power in feeling sorry for somebody. None. That make you feel better that's trying to give it. And it surely doesn't encourage anybody that you're trying to encourage. It's discouraging. It's discouraging. Everybody say discouraging. Discouraging. You got to take courage, right? So that means when God says, suck it up, buttercup. You mighty men of valor, Gideon. Notice he didn't come over there when, when, when he talked to Gideon and pat him on the back. Gideon, I understand the Midianites are taking over. 
I understand. I understand, Gideon. He didn't do that. He, told, he said, don't be afraid. You know why he said, don't be afraid? Because I'm about to tell you something you ain't going to believe. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon's up. Me? That's just like God's talking to some, some of y'all out here today and you're looking around. Me? Me? Yeah, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. You mighty person of valor in a generation that needs God. I've called you. I've assigned you to this generation. I've anointed you and I've appointed you. Don't you side in with that pessimistic, demonically infested devil that's trying to make you feel like there's no hope and there's no chance for the God of miracles to show up. God says, I want to be your provision. I am going to provide myself in all of my character, in all of my nature, and in all of my promises, and all the names that I'm going to reveal to you. I'm going to see to it that I'm on the spot with you in it, and I'm going to walk you through it, and I'm going to manifest myself. And you that are on the front seat, I hope you got some holy spit. You need to understand what we're talking about. We're not talking about coming here and, well, we all hang our harps on the, pill, on the willow tree and we just weep and willow. Already <laughs> go. I've gotten down to the last two little paragraphs. <laughs> now I want you to listen to this. Provision from God is where God told you to go, doing what God told you to do. Now listen carefully. God is having to work on me about some stuff. The more Trey was talking today, I said, shut up, Trey. I don't want to be reminded of what you're telling me, God. Hello. God's talk, talking to me about things. Same time I'm talking to you, he's talking to me. So if I get rough with you, it's because I'm getting rough with myself. He said, provision is where I told you to go. There would have been, the ram was caught in the thicket. But what if Abraham wasn't at Mount Moriah? He wouldn't have saw no miracle. But he was off gallivanting somewhere else, doing his own thing. Listen, you can pray until your hair falls off your head and you're blue in the face. But if you're not where God told you to be, you ain't getting the provision because that's where the provision's at. See, he not only provides the, the, the goods, but he provides the vision. Abraham had to believe God enough to go to Mount Moriah and be doing what God told him to do, even if it meant personal sacrifice at the moment.
And then God shows up. I, I love it. I love it. Then God shows up. We look at the Bible when we read stories like this and we think, well, that, that was Abraham. That's not me. Are you kidding me? God set these in as examples, the Bible says. Examples. For us to live our life, it's our turn. You got the baton in your hand. You're in a relay race from one generation to another generation. This is your time to run this race. That's why we need that song again. Over and over again. Spirit lead me. If you say don't go, I ain't going. If you say it's wrong, I ain't going to do it. If you say jump in, I'm jumping in with all fours. Yeah, yeah. That's what, and, and I have these songs sang. Sometimes I come back and say, we need to sing that again. You know why I'm doing that? I'm not doing that just to consume time. I'm doing it so you'll listen to it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly until when pressure comes, guess what comes out of you? What was put in you? Now I want to address something that I need to address only because you will understand when I'm relating to my age. The great lie of this system, the great lie of this system is to prepare you to retire. That is called the American dream. No, that's not God's dream. That may be society's dream, but it ain't God's dream. Now, I want you to pay, pay, pay attention here. I understand that when your body gets a little bit older, you may not be able to do everything the way you used to do it. I get that. Believe me, I get it. I, I tell everybody all the time, I can do what I used to. It's just going to take me a little longer. And then I, I find out if I have to do it fast, i got to hire a bunch of, bunch of young guys. But here's my point. The only time that the word retire is used in the Bible, it's used two times. And it's used from the perspective of a military sense. It is never used in a financial sense. Never. Okay? The Bible promises us when we get older, we would, listen carefully, we would be fat and flourishing. Now, fat doesn't mean overweight. That means you're going to be robust. You're still going to be producing. I've heard older believers make this statement. The phrase golden years, well, there ain't nothing golden about it. That's because you've made Social Security your provider. With a system that's rigged by fallen human nature. And so now they want to use you and abuse you and cast you aside 
and they want you to be dependent on peanuts. You say, well, Brother Ronnie, how do I deal with it? First of all, go back to understanding and having a revelation knowledge of Jesus, your provider. Jehovah Jireh. God does not put an age limit on faith. Are, are you hearing me? Now you better pay attention right here. What's fixing to happen in our economics? A shift has happened. The American dollar has lost 97% of its purchasing power. Paper money. A shift is taking place. It has to go through this for God's reset. Everybody say God's reset. I know that they're planning to reset. But God's reset. So we're going to go through some times that may be turbulent. But God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, according to His holy power, Holy Ghost power that works in you. When you get older, does the Holy Ghost get old? Are you, are, you, are you hearing me? Yes. We've been conditioned. We're going to work 30, 40, 50 years, whatever, then we're going to retire. There's no place in the Bible that is used in a financial sense. It's always used in a military sense. And when it's used in a military sense, you know what it means? It means to retreat. It means to take refuge. There is times to fight, and there's a time to take flight. To wait for a more opportune time. Oh, y'all loving me right now. Good thing we ain't taking up the offering this week. Jehovah Jireh. God wants to reveal himself to you in another dimension. Another dimension of who he is, what he is. God's got a plan for your life even if you feel a little bit older. He's got a plan. Everybody say a plan. He is provision. He is provision. Provision. He is provision. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, I, I can't go back to work. Nowhere in the Bible did God say for you to work, to live off your work. You're trying to make a living. God says, I don't want you to make a living. I want you to provide seed. And as you provide seed, I want you to live off the harvest of that seed. You've got skill. You've got talent. You've got some wisdom that others have not. You say, well, how am I going to do it? Get out of that fallen human nature brain lock you have. You've got a brain lock. Because of this world system has absolutely told you that if you reach this level, you can't be a producer anymore. I have to jump down there. Glory to God. 
Some of you sound like I'm getting on to you, but I, I, I know I'm not getting on to you. I'm trying to help you to understand something. You're going to sit there with jealousy and look at somebody else because that competition spirit of how God used them, but He can't use me. I can't do that. God don't want you to do what everybody else is doing. He wants you to do what He has provided you to do based upon His provision, I mean His vision for your life. And you're still here, ain't you? If you're still here, that means you're alive. If, you, if you're alive, then you are still got some, some giving to give. And some living to live. Let me start off back to where I started from. Take courage. If you're going to take Jericho... You're going to have to keep your mouth shut. That means control your speech. If you talk like the world, you're going to get the world's reward. You've got to talk in line with God. And you have, to make a decide, you have to make a decision for yourself. I can't make that. But I know this, and I've said it for many years. I'm going to say it again. There is a phase in my life where I've reached the golden years. That means I'm going to produce more with less effort. I'm going to preach my last sermon when I'm 100. And I'm going to give my biggest offering. And then I'm going to go home to beat Jesus. Should the Lord tarry in His return. Now, now, Brother Ronnie, how can you be predictive like that? Because I've had visitations from God. I've been twisted with Him. Now you just never know what God's going to do. It's not God we got a problem with. It's squirrely us. I know some of you say, man, I want to eat. Well, get, get through eating this, and then I'll let you go. <laughs> you are, Trey. I mean, so, well, what does that mean? Now, you start off by saying it. Then you got to do the next part, live it. That means you can't eat everything your body tells you it wants to eat when it wants to eat it. Well, that went real good. See, when you have divine purpose, you understand your life is not your own. I didn't think of myself to be born. You didn't either. And I promise you, your parents did not have you on your, their mind when they conceived you. They didn't have you on their mind. It was God thing. And then God sent somebody with the gospel. It was a God thing. You're not born again by the will of the flesh nor the will of man, but by the will of God. 
See, if you can start getting that concept versus this chaos mess out here, then you understand that you're orchestrated. I came from God. I'm going back to God. In the meantime, me and God's going to accomplish something. It has eternal significance. Yes, somebody's here right now. Some lady is here right now. You're going to conceive and bear forth a child. That child God's going to raise up to be a prophet to the nations. Right now is the time to worship. Richard, can we come? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege. In the meantime, whoever you are, get as close to God as you possibly can and stay there. Because you're going to need to speak into that child's life while they're in the womb. You're going to need to train them up in the way they should go. Glory to God. Your purpose is to raise them up like Hannah. Glory to God. Parents, hear me now. God gave you, if you're a parent, God gave you children. He gave them to you. They are your responsibility. They are your blessing. They do not belong to the government, to the state. They do not belong to the teachers' unions. They belong to God, and He gave them to you to be His hands and His mouthpiece to raise them up for a destiny. Do not let the busyness of your life overwhelm you to the point that your children become byproducts of your busyness. Great pain will come to you if you do it that way. Your career is not before them. Another lie of fallen human nature. Another lie of this system. Quit thinking of career. Your only career is the life and vision God has for you. That's your career. Everything else, God just provides you with seed 
are you, I'm going to finish. I am going to finish. My God's doing some business here. I'm not, I'm not having church like I used to. And if that takes a few more minutes out of your little blessed lunch, fine. You want, etern- you want something change in your life? Or you want to hurry and beat the Baptist down there to the... To the <laughs> bless the Baptist. I'm here to do what God wants done. And he's talking to some people right now. Glory to God. Your children are before your money making. When you make your money making before your children, your money making won't satisfy you. It will be a hole in your heart. But when you make your children your priority and you raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that right there is worth more than all the money in the world. Because money can't fill that in your heart But children that honor the Lord and go in the way that they should go, that will be a wealth to your soul. And they are not a curse. They are a blessing. A blessing. When I've gotten up here and didn't have any money in the bank, God told me, He said, You're you're already a multimillionaire, Ronnie. The minimum your wife is worth is a million. Of course, inflation. She's worth 10 million at least today. He said, you got three wonderful kids. Every one of them serving God. I didn't say every one of them were doing what I wanted them to do. But they're serving God. They can hear God for themselves. That's the thing about it. They can hear God for themselves. My grandchildren got 11 grandchildren. 11 grandchildren. I wanted 12. And I couldn't get everybody to cooperate. We got three wonderful in-laws. And they're worth about a half a million. My point is, I'm already a multimillionaire. Hadn't even started with the money in the bank. See, we've got our priorities wrong. Always remember this. The love of money is the root of all evil. Do you know what that means? It means you can love money without ever having any of it. Because your priorities are messed up. We have been programmed for our priorities to be messed up. But you know what? We've heard the word of God. And he's the great provider. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Who needs, wants, I, I want more than I need right now, a miracle right now. I, I'm talking about right now. Physically, financially, in your relationship, who, who, who wants one? Who wants one? Do you want one? Do you really want one? Glory to God. Right now, miracles are going to be released. Miracles are going to be released. And I don't mean 15 years down the road. Prodigals are coming home soon. Soon, 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 soon. Shockingly soon. With a repentive heart toward God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm, mm. Healing is here. Healing. Right now. Right now. Healing. Today. 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 This moment. He's here. He's here. And He's here. He's present to heal. The same way He was in His own hometown. Spirit move. Spirit move. I'm sorry, Richard. I changed it on you. Glory to God. Right now, as we sing this song, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Let Him touch you. <coughs> Glory to God. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.